know what that sound means. It's another exciting installment of the Van Brawl Seasons Podcast, where we talk local sports, both the Atlanta Pro franchises, like the Braves, Hawks, Falcons, and we also talk the University of Georgia Bulldogs. So strap in, guys. It's another exciting episode about to start right now. What up, Podcast Land? This is your host, Jam and Joe, with the Fan Brawl Seasons Podcast. On today's episode, we're talking a little Atlanta Braves baseball and a little Atlanta Falcons football. Chop on and rise up. And, and as always, across the way, I've got my sidekick, the man, the myth, the legend, RG3. How's it going, buddy? It's going well, man. Just living the dream. Another day in paradise. We're just- yes, sir. We're just chopping on here. And so we're going to get into a little Braves baseball talk. Uh, The Braves had an interesting weekend against the Mets. They won three out of four. But probably the biggest game of the whole series was Sunday's game. And so the Braves came into the game on Sunday needing a big win. And uh, I'm going to tell you how they got it. So pitching was Julio Tehran. He pitched five innings. He gave up five hits. He had three runs all earned. He had four walks. He also had six strikeouts, and he gave up a home run. Tehran's ERA at the end of the game was 4.48. The Mets started Corey Oswald, who pitched six innings, gave up eight hits, three runs, all earned, four strikeouts, and gave up two home runs. Oswald's ERA at the end of the game was a not-so-great 5.13. The Braves' offense had an unlikely. The Braves' offense was led by an unlikely hero, and this hero was Julio Tehran who hit a solo home run in the fifth inning off Corey Oswalt. And this was Julio Tron's first home run of his major league career. Congrats, Julio. You're in the home run club now. You know what they say, RG3. Pitchers are athletes. Ender and Ciarte had a two-run homer in the seventh inning to tie the game at three, which was a really clutch home run. And then Ronald Acuna in the top of the ninth inning had a big RBI single to score Ender and Ciarte and gave the Braves a 4-3 lead. Then in the ninth inning... A.J. Minter came on, but Minter surrendered a solo home run to Mets catcher Devin Mazzaracco, who tied the game at four. Then in the top of the 10th inning, Nick Markakis hit a solo home run to right field to give the Bravos the lead. Jesse Biddle came on in the bottom of the 10th inning to slam the door for Atlanta as the Braves came back to beat the Mets 5-4. A.J. Minter got the win, moving his record to 4-2 on the season, and Biddle got his first major league save of his career. Congrats, Jesse. So Monday was an off day for the Braves. And so the Braves had a doubleheader on Tuesday against the Nats. And so to talk about game one of uh, the doubleheader, I've got my co-host RG3. So RG3, you want to take it away? All right, so for game one, uh, Max Fried uh, pitched uh, only two innings after being hit in the side with a batted ball. Uh, He left the game and was replaced by Braves rookie Colby Allard, who had a rough day, allowing seven hits, four runs, all earned. Uh, Colby gave up two home runs as well. Uh, It's just not a good day for the Braves rookie lefty. Um, As far as the Nationals pitching, Jeffrey Rodriguez pitched for for Washington. He pitched five innings, gave up three hits, one run, one earned run, one walk, and three strikeouts. Uh, As far as the Braves offense... Uh, we only scored three runs off seven hits. Uh, not too good of a day. And 
The lone bright spot was Charlie Culberson hitting a solo home run in the ninth inning to give the Braves their third and final run of the game. The Nationals offense, uh, Harper hit his 27th home run off Colby Allard and Ryan Zimmerman hit his 7th off Allard in the 4th inning as well. And Jamin Joe's going to take us into Game 2. And so, and so Game 2, the Braves uh, started out like this. And the Braves turned to Sean Newcomb, who got the ball, and he had a few days off of extra rest after his near-no-hitter against the LA Dodgers a couple weeks ago. So Newcomb pitched 6 innings, he gave up 5 hits, 1 run, Earned to Newcomb, had six strikeouts and two walks. Max Scherzer pitched seven innings. He gave up four hits, one run. It was earned to Scherzer and a home run. He also had six strikeouts. The bullpen was big for the Braves in the eighth inning, especially Jesse Biddle, who came up big again, just like he did in the series against the Mets. His out pitch it continues to be his changeup, and that's probably Biddle's most effective pitch, especially against left-handers, who Biddle is primarily facing because he's a left-hander reliever. You know, the lefty-lefty matchup, OG3. The Braves' offense. The offense for Atlanta was led by Charlie Culberson, who homered again. And Charlie homered in both games of the doubleheader. That's a pretty rare feat, don't you think? Yeah, and uh, Charlie's really been stepping up. He really has been clutch. I mean, I mean, where would the Braves be without Charlie Culberson? And everyone at the beginning of the year when they made that trade just kind of was like, oh, Charlie Culberson, you know, that's a throw-in for that deal. But Charlie Culberson has been nothing but clutch. And RG3 and I had the pleasure of meeting Charlie Culberson earlier this season in the month of May. Charlie was just the nicest guy, you know, you know, just a good old boy from Georgia and, you know, was really excited to be playing for the Braves. Didn't you get that vibe that Charlie was? Oh, yeah. Charlie He's, was like uh, because of that, I, I consider him one of my favorite Braves players. I do, too. I do, too. No question about it. And and like I've told people, um, I think Charlie's one of the nicest one of the nicest pro athletes I've ever had the pleasure of meeting. And just a good guy. And hopefully he's going to be clutch for the rest of the season. I mean, I mean I've already seen those shirts, you know, at Central Park that say Charlie Clutch on them. And so hopefully, you know, those shirts start selling more and, you know, more people start taking notice of what Charlie's done because he's been nothing but clutch since he's put on a brave uniform. Mm-hmm. Anyway, getting back to things here. So Culberson homered in both games. The other offensive hero for Atlanta was Nuriciarte, who in the ninth inning, a two-run triple, scoring Freeman and Marquecas, and this triple came off Nationals' uh, big-time acquisition that they got from the Kansas City Royals, Kelvin Herrera. But Herrera hasn't been so big-time like he was back when he was with Kansas City. But that's a Washington problem. Minter came on in the ninth inning to get his ninth save of the season. And A.J. Minter continues to improve. He does have a couple of hiccups every now and again, but he's really trending in the right direction as far as a closer. He really is. And so the Braves and Nationals will continue their series, which is going on currently as we're talking, and also on Thursday. So Mike fulton is going to get the ball for the Braves tonight slash right now against uh, Washington lefty Tommy Malone. And on Thursday, Anibal Sanchez will go against Gio Gonzalez, and that's a day game. RG3, the interesting thing about Thursday's day game is this game will exclusively be shown on Facebook, Facebook Watch. Now, what do you think about Facebook trying to broadcast Major League Baseball and stuff like that? That's an interesting spin. Um, I, I I know, um, what's his name, Mark uh, Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg um, lost a lot of money recently um, with 
all this Facebook mumbo jumbo going on. Um, and I don't know. It, how long has this been planned? Is this a pick me up or is this a, uh, something that's been planned for a while or who initiated this Facebook or, uh, the MLB? Well, major league baseball and Facebook made an agreement that they would have games broadcast on Facebook live periodically throughout the season. Mm, okay. And they've been doing it ever since the season began. Okay. So this was before. Yeah. Yeah. Before all that. Anything happened with Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, also just to give an update on the game right now, um, Washington has scored a run. I'm trying to figure out who scored that run. Oh, so it's one zero bad guys. It is, and it looks like um, it. it was Adam Eatonton. Oh, Adam Sorry, Eaton. I said that wrong. But, yep, Adam Eaton and there you scored have it, that run. You've got live Braves baseball as the fan brawl seasons guys are talking. This is as of the top of the second. Gotcha. Okay. Thanks for the score update, RG3. Yeah. And so before we transition from the baseball talk, we've got a little bit more to go. After this road trip, the Braves... Or the Braves won't visit Milwaukee, but Milwaukee will come to Atlanta this weekend to play the Braves. And this is a big home series for Atlanta. You know, you've got the Brewers coming in, and the Brewers have made a lot of moves at the deadline. And, for example, the Brewers got Jonathan Scope from Baltimore. They got Mike Moustakas from Kansas City to shore up their infield. And so the, and so the Brewers are one of those, like, boomer bust teams in terms of offense. It's home runs. It's... It, it's getting guys on base. They're, I mean, they're, the Brewers are basically playing home run derby, so it should be really, in, it should be a really fun series to watch, and hopefully the Braves can get right at home, because they should, because they could see Milwaukee in the playoffs. You know, either as a wild card or a division winner. Mm-hmm. So it should be an interesting series for the Braves, and then after the Milwaukee series, the Marlins come in, and next Monday the Braves and Marlins have a doubleheader. So the Braves are getting used to playing a couple of doubleheaders here against a couple of National League East rivals with uh, Washington and Miami. Mm-hmm. And I, I think these doubleheaders will help the Braves um, as we come to an end of the season, uh, going into the playoffs. I hope it um, help. I hope they just start winning, and I hope they can gain some ground on Philly. I mean, they're only a game back, so and that's going into play tonight. So mm-hmm. hopefully, the Phillies can hit a little bit of a cold funk, and the Braves can. You know, do the old leapfrog and get get over them, and you know, hang hang on and hold tight to this division and make it the Braves. So mm-hmm. That's what we're hoping for. Yeah, and I'm. I guess the point I'm trying to make here is um, just help the team build up stamina and for you know for postseason baseball. Postseason baseball, yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. I gotcha. And we haven't experienced postseason baseball in Atlanta since 2013. I mean, this rebuild has just been really rough, and nothing would make me happier than to see the Braves either as a wild card or more or more optimistically win the division. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, I still think the Braves can win the division. I'm, they're only a game back, you know. You know, you know they got to get you know they got to get some breaks going their way, but you know, but if they can, the offense can keep going. And, and you have guys like Acuna and Albies rise to the occasion. You know, the sky's the limit. And I can definitely tell you one thing. I know Acuna and Albies really, really, really want to make an impact, you know, in later games in September and October. Yeah, most definitely. And that's not even... And 
And that's not even uh, like mentioning guys like Freddie Freeman, you know, who have gotten a little bit of a taste of postseason baseball in 2013. But, you know, he's really chomping at the bit to get back. And, you know, everybody was like, you know, or everybody like questioned Freddie Freeman. And it was just like, you know, why are you still here? You know, but Freddie, to his credit, stuck it out and was just like, I want to be the face of the franchise for the Braves. And I've heard people say that Freddie wants to do what Chipper did and he wants to be a Brave his whole career. And, you know, maybe one day RG3 will be at SunTrust Park and there'll be a Freddie Freeman night and, you know, maybe number five <laughs> will be immortalized forever. So, yeah. You never know. But Freddie's got a long way to go and I'm really happy that the Braves have decided to build around him and kind of make him the guy. Definitely. Because he deserves it and he's a he's a good guy in the community and, you know, you know that's what you want. Yeah. I, I don't know. I was unsure um, at first when Freddie was you know the 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 face of the Braves franchise um of course it was in the middle of the rebuild um but going into this season I I really feel good about uh, about how he's growing into that role yeah yeah I think I think he I think he's ready to be the guy I think I think it also helps that he's got these young guys you know riding him like Acuna and Albies and Mm -hmm. and a lot of these pitchers and you know they can go to him for advice and you know kind of and he can kind of show him the ropes of you know what it takes to be a big leaguer, and, and I can tell you this: I'm, and what we noticed when we did that batting practice experience when we did in May, it looked like Freddie was having a lot of fun, you know, with these young guys and you know Acuna and Albies and uh, you know, you know guys like that, and even uh, like Charlie Culberson coming in, and you know he, and he's got postseason experience, and Anibal Sanchez is a pitcher. Who's who's arguably been like the MVP of the starting rotation? He he has postseason experience, and so the Braves have guys you know who have played in postseason baseball, and you know know what it takes to win it in September and October. But they've also got this incredible young talent of just um, Vacuni and Albies and the pitchers, and so there's a lot to be excited about for the Braves. You know this last little stretch of game here in August and waiting into September. Mm-hmm. In a future episode, man, we need to talk about. The great weekend, September 21st through the 23rd. That's going to be a huge weekend for Georgia sports. But we'll save that for a later episode. (laughs) Um, So we're going to transition here to a little Atlanta Falcon football talk. And so RG3 is going to guide us through the beginning of our uh, little Falcon discussion here. So according to Matt Ryan, so the Falcons have had the best training camp according to Matt Ryan. Uh, backup quarterback Matt Schaub. Both Matts think this is the deepest, most talented roster uh, the Falcons have to date. On Friday, uh, the on Friday at long last, the Falcons get to play against someone else. Uh, the Falcons will travel to Meadowlands at MetLife Stadium to play against the New York Jets. the The starters will not play very long. Um, the first two preseason games are about the young guys. I expect to see a good amount of backup quarterback Matt Schraub uh, Friday night. Um, you can make an argument that Schaub is one of the better backup quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, would you agree? I would, I would. And just kind of ranking the quarterbacks, or the backup quarterbacks in the NFC South, I, I would definitely say... That Schaub and uh, the Tampa backup quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick are right up there 
1A and 1B as far as backup quarterbacks. Because Fitzpatrick, like Schaub, has had starting experience before mm-hmm. and you know knows what it takes to win. But I really like Matt Schaub. I think, and and we know him here, you know, from early in his days in Atlanta. You know, when he backed up Mike Vick, uh, I'm I'm still kind of scratch my head. You know, you know why the Falcons got rid of him as early as they did. But you know, but but Schaub, but Schaub's a solid guy, and he knows the offense, and uh, and so he's a capable backup to have. And that's what you got to have in the NFL. You got to have a solid, steady number two. I mean, I mean, no, I mean, nobody really wants to talk about Matt Shaw playing, but but if he does have to play, it's nice to know that you have somebody capable, who knows this offense, who who's been through the wars, who knows what it takes, and yeah, I'm I really like where the Falcons are with their number two quarterback situation, with uh, Matt Shaw. And so, like RG three said, that these early preseason games are about rookies, and I'm really excited to see uh, the rookie class. Like Calvin Ridley out at wide receiver, I'm really curious to see RG3, the development that he and Matt Ryan have had over these 10 practices. I think Ridley can be very dangerous, you know, as we saw Calvin in college <laughs> at Alabama. I think I think working with a really good quarterback like, like Ryan is really going to help Calvin, and I think Calvin can make an impact, you know, in year one. Yeah, I I agree. You know, just I don't know. The Falcons just love picking up players from Alabama. It's uh, but the thing is, they pick up good players. So they do. I I can't really complain about that. Tip your hat, Mr. Blank and Dimitrov, and the other rookies I'm excited to watch are Isaiah Oliver, the cornerback out of Colorado. I think Oliver's a big, athletic corner. Uh, He's he's similar, or he's cut from the Dan Quinn cloth of of wanting, you know, bigger, more athletic cornerbacks, you know, like Coach Quinn had in Seattle. Um, I'm really excited to watch him and see how he develops, as well as Diedrich Sanat, the Falcons' uh, rookie nose tackle out of USF. I'm really curious to see what kind of impact and punch he brings to the defensive line. I think the defensive line for the Falcons is going to be is going to be really good because you'll have Vic Beasley and you'll have Tack McKinley and Grady Jarrett and Sanat and and uh, Jack Crawford, and uh, and a lot of different guys that you can rotate in and out for the Falcons, as well as Fernell McPhee, who they got from Washington. Free agency, I'm also curious about him. And so the Falcons have a lot of different guys, you know, as I just mentioned, you know, they can rotate throughout the defensive line and help put pressure on the quarterback. And you know, going back to Vic Beasley for a sack, RG3, I'm really excited to know that Vic Beasley is going to have his hand on the ground and he's going to be getting after the quarterback instead of him dropping back into coverage and trying to cover tight ends and wide receivers. It was just really dumb. And he didn't really look like, you know, the Vic Beasley that we saw two years ago that had 15 and a half sacks. Mm-hmm. And so the last little bit of Falcon news that we have is is something that's um, and something that's very special for Falcons left guard Andy, Andy Levitre and his wife Katie. At practice, at the end of practice today, uh, Andy and his wife were there, and they had uh, Gatorade buckets. And on the Gatorade buckets, on the Gatorade buckets, what would happen is Andy would get, is Andy would get drenched with Gatorade, and whatever the color Gatorade it was, that was how they were going to reveal the gender of, of their baby. And so, and so Andy got poured with Gatorade, and the Gatorade was blue. And so, and so Andy and Katie are having a baby boy. So congratulations to the Levitre family. We've got a new member of the Brotherhood, RG3. So rise up, little Levitre baby boy. And that's just really cool to, 
cool to see that. It definitely is. It definitely is. And so before we get out of here, RG3 is going to plug our contest again. So I'll leave it to the contest master himself, RG3. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Um, so our the contest is still going on for um, social media post. Uh, it will end at the end of August, August 31st. So make sure you leave a, uh, something you post about something you like, something you don't like, a picture of the sporting event you're at, um, or even a picture of your favorite athlete signing your baby on the forehead. Um, so uh, just to refresh everyone, that uh, one random lucky fan will be selected uh, to uh, hang out with us and design a episode uh, for Fan for All Seasons podcast. Uh, so make sure you leave a comment, leave a post, picture, whatever you like, whatever your heart desires. The social media world is your playground. And we really just want engagement, guys, and we and we want to interact with our listeners and hang out with you guys. So and so do all those things RG three said. And maybe you'll be lucky enough to hang out with us. So, um, one last thing I want to mention is please excuse the storm in the background. Uh, we're staying safe here um, in the Fan for All Season studio. But uh, just as all these uh, surprise thunderstorms pop up, just be remember to be safe. Good Take call. it away, Joe. And for RG3, I'm Jam and Joe. This has been the Fan for All Seasons podcast. And we'll talk to you guys next time. See ya. And so just to give you guys just to give you guys an update about the Braves game, Charlie Culberson had a just hit a three run homer and the Braves are up three to one, right? Yes, Braves are up three to one. Charlie Culberson, everybody. Charlie Clutch. Just like we told you guys.